This is Mark. And this is Kenny. And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. Album 7, track 2. My baby's got a secret. Oh, a secret. Oh, one of my top five Madonna songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yes, yes. Every, I, I, every album. You need to put a list <laughs> of these alleged top five. Oh. Interesting. I love Secret. I love it so much. Discuss. I, it is. It, it, it is a new sound for Madonna. I love the warmth of the guitars, the acoustic flamenco kind of funk. Um, and yet, flamenco funk. And yet that that chorus and those hooks and the ooh, ooh, ooh. It's all about the ooh, ooh, ooh for me. Yes. Yes, and you know, I also, um, I'm a sucker for Madonna with the acoustic guitar. Uh, uh, her voice just sounds great. And yet it, it feels, it doesn't feel spare, at all, it feels like a full, lush, perfect yes. little pop ditty. Things haven't been the same since you came into my life. You found a way to touch my soul, and I'm never, ever, ever gonna let it go. Everyone was taking their time. Yeah. There's not a lot of rushing around being crazy in, in pop music at this time. Everyone's just kind of grooving along. And I, I was just trying, I was racking my brain to think of, and I think I th do think it's a reaction to all of the aggression of grunge and all of that stuff that's happened before this. And, and there's just something just so soft and sensual. It's such a feminine song too. I think it's her most embracing of her feminine side. Here we are, she is soft. I mean, this is my favorite, and not to turn this into a body thing, but... I love Madonna's body at this point in her in her evolution. She's worked out um, some of the chiseledness of the girly show is gone, yeah. and she's softened a little bit, but she's very like strong. Yeah, and there's a strong feminine curviness to her, and that you know she's got the nose ring now and the and the belly button piercing, and she's yeah. showing it off in the video, and yeah. you know so there's this. There's also this kind of confidence to her. She's in her late 30s too. Yeah. There's I just I love it and and Secret to me is a song that that captures all of those elements and um where she is. Um the video is a, is kind of a postcard of her life. Yeah. Her idealized life right now. Well, I mean Yes, I think that one of the things, and this this is part of this era, the, and certainly season three, is this looming and then true idea or true thing that 
uh, manifestation that she's um, wants to have a baby. There's babies in there. It just feels like this song when it came out and there was a secret. Something's coming over me. You know, um, there's something we share that no one else shares. It was like this hint of like, I'm pregnant. You know, that question came up over and over again for her. Like, are you pregnant? And she's like, I'm not pregnant. You know, or she, when she goes to the Brit Awards and she's like, well, you know, before anybody even asked the question, she's like, I'm not pregnant. They're like, well, thanks for answering that. But that wasn't one of our questions. <laughs> um, that it's sort of in the air and that she plays with that imagery so much. And I think that goes back to her, you know, you talking about her body because there's something about her body in this time that is super voluptuous. It feels like she's, well, she's, as we've talked, we talked about in Even I'll Remember, she's looking for her baby daddy and she's, <laughs> she is, the pheromones are out. Oh you know? yeah, oh They're, yeah. She's putting it out there and it's in everything about her. Like, it's not aggressive, like, and even in Erotica, which had a lot of, like, body positivity, you yeah. know, or in the sex book. This is a different kind of like, it's not even like a showy. It's just like it, she's it, embracing. The body, the body is a vehicle to have a baby. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's got a function and she's yeah. looking to, to have it fulfill that function yeah. in this weird way. And I think, and we say that as two cisgendered male men in our like late 40s to early <laughs> 50s talking about this, not, not, you know, just to, just to, Acknowledge that, um, and and yet you know, and and I always love this song because it's such a popular, it's such a mainstream commercial song, and yet she is playing with happiness lies in your own hand. Is it? Is it? You know, she is playing with the tropes of kind of double entendre. So sure. it, it's a lot edgier, I think, lyrically than we thought at the time, and. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I she's do. playing with it, and she clearly knows what she's going to be putting out there. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I, I guess I've thought about that, but I, I always sort of shrug it off because I yeah. do feel like it's much more about spirituality and um, that. Yeah, but I guess the physical side of it is like, yeah, you could be like happiness. You know, you find happiness by masturbating, or yeah. Um, uh, but which is also true. Totally. Oh my God. Yeah. Some of you, some of the best happiness is lies in your own hand. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, do you feel shame after you masturbate or do you feel good? Honestly, um, I felt more shame lately because, um, my grand, my beloved grandmother, uh, died last summer and I am worried she's seeing me masturbate from heaven. <laughs> 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 and I always go through this period where an elder, uh, a respected elder that I love yeah. passes away and I'm like, oh, they know now and I worry about that. And that fades after a few months. Wow. Just FYI. <laughs> wow, that is not at all an answer I was expecting. It's but, true. But I understand that because there have been some times where I've made some you know, questionable choices and I, can actually, I actually do think about my grandparents who have passed away over a decade ago. But... Um, I do think like if you chose this moment, Gigi, to show up, this is a this is an interesting snapshot. Yeah, this is where this is what it is. This is what it was when you were alive. You just didn't know about it, or did they? Or did they? Um, this song started as a demo um, called "Something's Coming Over Me" uh, that she wrote with Shep Pettibone, who never got credit for it, and then in recent years has started to get credit for it. And then she rewrote it and reworked it with Dallas Austin when they started working together on the album. And this is actually the only song on the album that Dallas Austin worked on that wasn't 
uh, worked over again. This is the original production, the original of everything. Dallas Austin was, um, he was a huge part of the emerging Aust- um, Atlanta sound um, that was coming out in the late 80s, um, early 90s R&B. La Face. Exactly. L.A. Reed and Babyface's record company. And Dallas Austin was a part of that group. Yeah. Um, like, and really integral to a lot of that sound that wasn't the Babyface or L.A. Reed sound. And he was he was really good at uh, producing singles. He, he produced Boys to Men's Motown Philly. He produced a bunch of uh, Monica's first two singles that launched her career, Don't Take It Personal. Yes. And li- like This and Like That from Miss Thang, which was... A huge anthem at my high school, a high school homecoming dance in 1994. Oh my god! Oh my god! People were losing their minds over that song. It's like, I just love Aisha and uh, uh, See at the Playgrounds. I don't know if you know that song, Um, but those are amazing. And he sort of built those around like, oh, I want to create like a Belle Bib DeVoe, but for kids, which I think is brilliant. But his work with TLC is some of my favorite. And Creep, to me, is sort of a template that Secret uses. It feels to me very similar, or that's where I recognize the Dallas Austin sound. And there's a, there's kind of, I think he also brings out Madonna's pop instincts, the way that he continues to do, I mean, he works, um, he subsequently works with Pink a bunch. Uh, Blue uh, Blue Cantrell's Hit Em Up Style is his creation, which, like, what a pop song that is. I mean, whatever you think of the song, it's like, it's so well made. And and I think that that's what's so strong about him on this record is, is he's able to kind of build these, like, like structures for her to to play in yeah. that aren't that are enough out of her comfort zone to be to feel fresh and new without totally taking her 180. Yeah, totally. And he also brings a sort of like 
I know this is going to sound weird the way I'm saying it, but like a, you don't have to work that hard vibe in a way. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, and, and I think it's being based in, in, in Atlanta. Yeah. He, he, he is in Atlanta. Madonna goes to his studio. Yeah. She takes a little j- propeller jet up from Miami and they work <laughs> together for a couple of days and don't think too much about it. They may even have done it in a day. She may have flown up in the morning, had lunch, worked, flown back that <laughs> yeah. afternoon. What did she have for lunch? A niçoise salad. Interesting. Yeah. I was thinking she would have a Caesar salad, but I think a niçoise sounds right. With like those little um, uh, crunchy, yeah, like like croutony things, but they're not. But not croutons. Not croutons. They're yeah. more like yeah, a yeah. like a little. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Do you think she finished the salad or did she eat like, no? No, 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 no. Like three bites and then was like, let's go, Dallas. Did she have water or iced tea? I think she had ice water. Oh. <laughs> With lemon? No, because of her voice. Oh, her no voice. citrus yeah, right yeah, before singing. Yeah, true. And I think that there's just something um, really, uh, I think it's beautifully produced. I love all the the kind of mid-tempo, all the guitars. I love it ends with that dun-dun-dun. I mean, yes. so beautiful. We're not fading out anymore. We're not doing any kind of... It's yeah. just... It, it's, it's a gorgeous pop song. vocals because we started that beautiful lower register uh, which I just adore yeah and then she really gets us into that more yearning higher part of her voice um, and and I um it, it builds in a different kind of way than other songs of hers it's not as superficially built yeah I do think that the vocals and the way that the production kind of it does start to there's an anthemic quality to it, yeah. too. Yeah. It feels very much like a Madonna song. I mean, yeah. it feels like, oh, this fits in. But I couldn't tell you exactly how, but it feels still to me like it fits in. It could be from the 80s, just read. You know what I mean? Like refashioned a little bit. It feels like a timeless song in that way, I guess. Oh, it's totally a timeless song. Um, totally. Whenever it comes on, I'm, I'm happy to hear it and sing along. I heard it on the radio for the first time. And I thought it was so different for Madonna and yet so familiar. Yeah. And I, and I remember by the end of that first time, I, I could sing along to the My Baby's Got a Secret. Yeah. The and that chorus, felt amazing. That, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, my friend is back. Yeah, the chorus is so good. And we hadn't really heard a chorus like this in a while or never really from her. Yeah, you know, again, I think... This was another time period. This was that, like I said, the time period where I wasn't as connected. And so I'm sure I was excited that this was coming out, but I don't remember being like, 
yeah, I don't remember my investment at this well, time. Well, were the and did the did the remixes hit the clubs yeah, in New York? So, well, I wasn't living in New York at this time. I actually was living in Philadelphia. I lived there for two oh, years. Oh, I didn't know this. Really? really? Oh yeah. When did you live in okay, Philadelphia? So, I know. This is crazy. So remember I was saying in our remember episode I had done didn't done summer stock. Right, <laughs> and where I quit because I had killed one of the actors. Um, no, but you, you know, didn't they, kill him. But they were injured. Let's t- and yeah. then and then um, my boyfriend and I broke up, and then I got a job in Philadelphia at a big theater, which will remain nameless, working at like doing an internship, and so I was like, oh, I'll move to Philadelphia. But my, my, sorry, my aunt and uncle lived in Philadelphia, so, or New Jersey, so I lived with them for like a year in like one of my cousin's childhood rooms. And then I would commute into Philadelphia and work at this theater. And then, like, sorry, this is a long story. And then um, the next, like, eight or nine months later, I got my first apartment that I ever had. Oh, the theater gave me a full time job. Because they liked me. Yeah. Um, boy, Kenny. At the marketing department, which was just a weird turn. Was that where your um, internship was? Yeah, it was at the same theater. No, my internship was in the literary office. Got it. So I like then they didn't have any money in the literary right, office. Totally. So they were like, where where do we have a stipend for this kid? Exactly. And so they kept me there. He's gonna the, be something. <laughs> yeah, like, I cut too. And um <laughs> they um, they kept me there in the marketing department and then I still ran the literary office because like you said, there was literally yeah, nobody in there's the literary There's never office. money in the literary department. Um, so they're lucky they have mail to mail those the uh, rejection letters. <laughs> yeah, totally. Now well, it's email. Yeah, that but it was letters and I used to have to walk them to the post office, uh, you know. Um what a I brutal think, business. I think it was the first time I got a salary. I think my salary was twenty four thousand dollars a year. Yeah, that sounds about right. Right. My first was um nineteen fifty. And a yeah, year. It yeah. was really, and I thought it was a four major, major. I was like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. Making I was like, living. I can get a studio apartment in Center City, Philadelphia, in the gay section and live here by myself, which is what I did. And I had, and so I think that's probably why I wasn't so into Madonna because I was just like, I am free. I like, all I did I'm was in Philadelphia. All I did was like, you know, Go to the gym after work. If anybody's from Philadelphia who's listening, you're and from the '90s, you remember this. There was a coffee shop right next to the gym where all the gay guys went. Everybody, you know, like it was. And then we would go to Woody's, which was the gay bar, which I think is probably still there. And like, my baby's got a secret. When did um, you hear "Secret" in Philadelphia? <laughs> well, I think this is what I was going to say is that I think that the remixes for "Secret" were more important to me yeah. than the song, meaning like that's what I really wanted to own because I. Loved I because I was going to the clubs and hearing the clubs, the one club, Woody's, Woody's. Um, <laughs> where I would hear the Junior Vasquez remix, yeah. and I was like, I need it. So yeah, that's my whole story. I I love the remixes to Secret because, like all the remixes on uh, Bedtime Stories, none of the songs lend themselves to a dance, and so part of what was thrilling about all the mixes was how they were going to transform yes. the songs. Yes, and the um, Junior Vasquez mixes on um, the Maxi single yes. uh, with that gorgeous black and white cover of Madonna looking amazing and very Jean Harlow. Yes, um, who was the inspiration for a lot of the visuals for this album? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. that painted eyes. And yeah. um, they all sound amazing. I mean, yes. it's, it's basically one mix that he kind of remixed over and over again. Oh, much so that I think the video has a version with the remix. In yeah, it. yeah, there is. There is one that used to play in the clubs. I used to see it at Woody's all the time. Um, 
And I also want to say that this is, I think, the official entrance of Junior Vasquez. Correct. Yes, Junior Vasquez. This is this is when he um she they met in Miami um in 1994, and then he ha- he she asks him to do this remix, and this is the first time an official remix. I'm sure. I think he did remix other things. I think they met before 1994. Well, I've known Junior for years, and uh, I've worked with him in the studio. He's done a lot of remixes for me, and as a person, he's a good. He's a good person. I I adore him, and I feel safe. That's her by herself. That's the double. Together, it's bigger than all the harmonies. This is Dallas's original loop. Dallas Austin, who wrote this with um, Madonna. This is his original loop. And we just added our own loops and our own kick drum and snare, actually based around his loop. And hats and stuff. We didn't use any of his drums, just his loop. And then the original bass. And then, of course, her. It's amazing. You just send the stuff over and say, do what you will. Yeah, but I wouldn't do that with everybody. It's like, it's a part of me. It's hard for me to let it go to, to someone I don't know, I don't trust, I don't know who they are. But um, I certainly do with him. Um, this is a brief period ended by Junior, an action Junior takes, which we'll talk about later, which all of you probably know about. But listen, I just want to check in that Junior Vasquez was a major force in nightlife in New York City and as well as Miami. He was the the primary DJ at Sound Factory. Yeah. And then eventually spun off into his own place with Twilo. Yeah. Right? Oh my God. Right? Um, and Junior Vasquez, I remember seeing Junior Vasquez like when I would come to New York to go like go to a club and like seeing him and he was he was a true force. Yeah. And really sexy. He was really sexy and um, I mean you, he appears in he has a cameo in the MTV uh, uh, pajama party special that they do around cameo he's the DJ he's the DJ but he, like like he he's not sat down and interviewed but like they Kurt Loder interviews Madonna in the booth with Junior there and yeah. we see his back What's what makes Junior such a great DJ Um besides his body his soulfulness his soulfulness and 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 his feel for what people want to hear, you know, he 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 feeds the crowd, you know what I mean, and he can and he also controls it. Amazing. He's doing well up here. Now what's he? Now what's he? What's? What? Oh, sorry. Hi. So Evita is. This is Junior's bag. A good-looking bag. Madonna, what are you? This is my belly. There's something something in your navel here. Good Lord. What I loved about him was he he really is one of these people that like his sound was a whole industry. Yes, yes, yes. It was very specific. A Junior Vasquez remix. And he did remixes for a lot of people at this time. Yeah. Um, 
including Mariah, who I keep pointing to, because I think that she was the big opposition, you know, to Madonna at this time. I th- and, and I think that was because, like, the media would ask each, each of them about the other. And I think Madonna kind of... Madonna threw a little shade. Mariah threw a little shade back. And that's kind of been the way yeah, it's been yeah. since then um, in a way that like, and, and, and this is also part of kind of, you know, Janet Jackson is also talking about how classless Madonna is at this point. And yeah. they're, they're, you know, Vibe magazine is stirring, is stirring the coals of this, fe- this supposed feud. Right. And um, it's interesting, uh, you know, I was thinking about it after our I'll Remember episode about how um, even with everything going on, Madonna wasn't being canceled. Right. In a way that... that um, that I think she would, I, I'm curious if what she was doing then, she was doing now would have been, she would have even had the opportunity to do something like Bedtime Stories in Secret. Uh, she would have been outrightly canceled and, and, and ignored the way, she, the way, conte- let's cut this part. I don't yeah. know where I went. I was like, I was literally like, <laughs> we've gone so far off. Oh of- my God. Well, we did Kenny, the, Kenny, the Philadelphia year. <laughs> um, there are two other, re- there are two other remixes on, um, that Junior doesn't do. There's the, the some bizarre mix and the all-star mix, which are both lovely, weird, yeah, cool actually, mixes. I really love the some bizarre mix. Oh Yeah. Video a little bit. Yeah, yeah. First video um, directed by a first of all female director in quite a while, right? I think since Mary Lambert. Yeah, and first director of color, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Correct. Right. Yeah. Melody McDaniel, who I um, I I consider when I think about her now, and when I even look her stuff up, is much more of a photographer than yeah. a video video. But she maker. but she had done videos for like Porno for Pyros and Cranberries and people like that. Yeah. So yeah. so she definitely was kind of up and coming, and um and she had she had done Madonna had seen I don't think she had seen some of her video music videos, but she had definitely seen her short film work and her visuals, uh-huh. and so there was a lot of that and um. And it's a great video. I really love the video. Um, it's and it, a lot of it was shot on Lenox Avenue here in New York, which is a really kind of great and at that time very gritty area. And um, it feels a little um, 
like Madonna is a voyeur in the world because she's not really in a lot of the video. Right. Well, we get to see a lot of the streets of, of Harlem and, and the authentic faces of people who live in that neighborhood. And yeah, she stands out. Like when she's walking down the street, it's like... In the leather coat that she borrowed. Yeah, and yeah. the blonde, blonde hair. Like It's like she's really not of this neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, and and um, and she's also a singer in a club with that amazing band. I love the the musicians that are playing with her, particularly the ba- the funk bassist. Oh yeah, he get he's in as much as she is. Yeah, like Melody McDaniel loves him. Yeah, and keeps going back to him because well, he's so in it. Yeah, I mean, I think that she really, at least from my perception, seems to honor this world. You know, very powerfully. I mean, I think it's a great move for Breathless Mahoney to go to Harlem to, you know, for her next stint. Yeah. Um, well, I guess she's dead, but... She died. Yeah, she was <laughs> shot. She was shot but, by Big Boy Capris. But yeah, I mean, I guess there's no real story to the video, right? But there is a guy. Well, uh, there's no story, and the look of the video, I think, was very... that No one could decide on the look, um, and I know that um, there was kind of an indie. I mean, she had, Melody McDaniel had like people going to vintage shops to look for jewelry and things like that. So there, it's a combination of like couture and Marc Jacobs clothes, and it's stuff of like going to like a store. And there's a there's a, a she wears a necklace that says Madonna on it. This is pre Carrie Bradshaw, and um, so it, it it's got a kind of a hodgepodge. I know that one of um, uh, one of the influences was Bruce Davidson's photography and the other was Jennifer Jason Lee and Last Exit to Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, I can see that. So those were yeah. two kind of visual references. But yes, at the end of the video, all of a sudden Madonna's with a, a man and a child that I ostensibly is her kid. I think so. I mean, we see the man all through the video. He's watching her sing. They smile at each other. Yeah. There's a couple other clips of them. Yeah, I think that it is her their baby I think I don't know it's it is a video that is cryptic in some interesting ways it's a mood video yeah. I don't think it has needs necessarily and and luckily the 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 images of the people of the neighborhood are powerful enough to kind of gloss over whatever kind of narrative hiccups yeah I mean, it's a black and white video, which I really like about it. And I also think it's like, it is a reintroduction to her. It's like, it's taking her down a notch in a way. I don't know how to say that in another way. Like, meaning the last videos we saw her in I'll Remember in Rain are like... Um, She's isolated up here. Technicolor, yeah, yeah. you know, superstar, untouchable. Here she is walking the streets. The The, you know, the makeup and the hair are completely in line with what we've seen already from bedtime stories. Yeah. So she's she's really introducing this character or this look, you know, the eyes and everything are like Well and it and it and it feels designed not to uh distract or offend or anything. Right. And it's that's just, the thing that it's beautiful, but there's not there's nothing edgy about it. I think the most edgy thing maybe is the baptism. Mm. For, where, where uh-huh. she's being baptized and, and anointed in oil, and there, and and that's probably my favorite part of the whole video is the spiritual, the kind of like yes. like African Afrocentric spirituality 
vibe that goes through the, all the candles, all of the kind of the priestess that that is like you know, cradling Madonna in her arms. There's some beautiful images of Madonna looking up, looking yes. very religious. Yes. No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that this video is art in that way. Like they're very carefully placed, you know, all like when she's sitting in the, arms are on her and she grabs the person's hand and like, oh, you know, it's, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And that yet at the end, we end with Madonna looking over her shoulder and smiling at us. Yeah. And that's another indicate, that's another sign that, you know, it's me. It's okay. I'm it's a safe space. Totally. And I, here's my softer side and I'm sharing it with you and yeah. bringing you in and let's groove. I remember when she was going to go on tour in 1995 uh, around this record. I was so excited about it. And then when it was canceled, I was like, oh, I'm not going to get to... I, I was dying to see Secret. She'd never performed it during the promo. So finally, uh, when she went on tour with Drowned World, she did it with a guitar. And it was really, really beautiful. <laughs> during, you know, she did it during Sticky and Sweet. She did it during Rebel Heart. There yeah. were lots of times when people request it and she does kind of a, an acoustic version of it. Yeah. Which maybe it's best version at this point anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think even a more stripped down version without even like a beat or anything and just her and the guitar and a shorter version of it may be really beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is a beautiful song. And uh, and it's one of the big tent holes of this record. It was a big hit for her. Yes. And, um, and also because it, it kind of was the one-two punch of I'll Remember and then this, the, the, the yearning feminine Madonna was back with us and on the radio. Totally, totally. Yeah, I think this was a top five hit, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah big deal. Mark, <laughs> um, I know what's coming, Kenny. I know. You do? I know. Yeah, I do, because, you know, what's this song called? Secret. And you want to know a secret? Well... You can tell. I'm going to tell you a secret. No, I'm not. Let just me tell. I'm going to tell you a secret. Oh God. <laughs> um, well, secrets are. First of all, I think secrets are important to Madonna. Meaning, like, I think that a lot of her like mystery, she creates mystery around her, and it feels like she has secrets that we don't know. Right. This is part of her allure. Like, yes. Right. There's a yes. whole part of her that's like a secret, like a, something that's none of your business. You know, where I will never tell a soul. But. Then I think like to, you know, I don't know, like what is your relationship to secrets in your life? Like, do huh. you have secrets? Yes. Do you Are you good at keeping yeah. secrets? I am. Um, and do I you am. have, and 
um, uh, my yeah. fantasy of my life is that when I'm gone, uh, all of the secrets will come out because I wind up telling certain people certain things and I want it all to kind of come together in a melage of reveal. What's a melage? Like a, like a, <laughs> is that a, a word? Like a melage <laughs> of people, like a melage, like almost like a meringue, a meringue <laughs> of people or a melage et toi. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I just uh, I I I am very um, secretive in certain instances, and I tell certain people certain things, but I don't tell every one person all of my secrets. Oh yeah, for different sure. Different people know different things, and so the idea is, is at some point they'll all get together. This is my grandiose idea that they'll all get together and share my secrets with each other. <laughs> I don't think you've told me if you've told me a secret I didn't know it was a secret but do you know what I mean like I don't think you've told me anything where you've been like you can't you have to promise me not to tell anybody well if you tell people that then they're gonna tell somebody I think that that is just I mean I don't know that that's true like I mean how many times have you been sworn to secrecy and and really taken it seriously I would say I can think of one time in particular mm-hmm. and um, and then a couple other times. like yeah. I have been sworn to secrecy by someone who then told the secret themselves. Oh. Well, that's and I okay. was like, why did you make me swear to keep that a secret? You just told like five people. Yeah. Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> yeah. I have some secrets. Do you want me to tell you a secret? Well, only if you want to because, you know, obviously you're talking to me, but there's other people listening. Um, I will tell you a secret. Okay. And I'll, a, a confession, a confessional secret. Okay. I have not only seen the film Evita one time. <laughs> and it was in the movie theater in the um, winter of 1997 in a movie theater in Westerville, Ohio, uh, with a couple of homosexuals in the front row watching Evita in its wide release after the holidays. And I saw it one time. That's it. That's a secret because I've always acted like like you know, you know the film really well. Or I something. know the soundtrack by heart because yeah. I had a boyfriend at the time and we used to sing it to each other. I mean, in our dorm room. I didn't think that would be a secret for me, but I only saw it once and I don't like the film at all. And but we have plenty of time to talk about this coming up. A tease for a later, tease. A later. But that's a secret I have, and mm. I'm, I'm, yeah. It's a secret because I've acted like, oh, yeah, you know. Uh, it's like an okay secret. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I did this art project a few years ago. It was like a play that takes place in living rooms. And I, and during the intermission, there were all these things that people could do around the apartment. And um, one of them was I had this box of secrets. Yeah, people could write, I remember. People could write secrets. In fact, you wrote a secret in there, which I remember. I knew it was you. Oh. There are only five people in the audience, Mark, came up to Boston to see the show. And I'm a true friend. I get on the fucking plane and the train and I go see you. You fucking do, baby. And you and you and Jesse Geiger came and stayed with me and we did yoga together on that Saturday at the yoga studio next to where I was. In the apartment that Courtney Love stayed in when she was up there, right? Yes, Courtney Love had stayed in the apartment right before me. And um, we were obsessed with the cigarette burns. Oh, yeah, there were cigarette burns in the blanket because she apparently (laughs) was a complete slob and needed someone to come and clean the apartment like every day because she made such a fucking 
fucking mess. And the whole time I was there working, I kept getting um, packages that she had had sent to herself that were, or, you know, from like Amazon or whatever that she just didn't think about like when they would arrive. And so were they I was, addressed to Courtney Love? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course they were. She also left on the bedroom side table her reading glasses. Did you keep them? Yes. Okay, good. that's a secret. <laughs> but you what wrote, was my secret? Your, yeah, your yeah. secret was that I want to sleep with somebody in the audience because there was some yes, cute guy. Yes, yes, <laughs> with his girlfriend. I did. <laughs> this is a true story. I remember that. I thought that was a provocative thing to say. It was provocative. There are a lot of really... I'm trying to see where my little secret box is. I mean, is it rude to read some of those secrets on, on our show right now? <laughs> A little bit. That was a moment in time. <laughs> They're like seven years old now. Do you think, should I find one? I think one would be appropriate. Okay, hold on, hold on. This shows again. But there. Kenny has pulled out a box that says secret on the cover. Who says Madonna doesn't continue to influence and inspire? Yeah, I wrote, write a secret, place in the box, or read other people's secrets, which people frequently did. They would go through the box and read what other people wrote. Did so, anyone read my secret? I'm sure. because people hope so. You were like somewhere in the middle. Okay, so I'm just going to read. I'm going to read a few of these just as they're coming up. Okay. Um, I peed on someone for money. I fantasize about other women when I sleep with my partner. Oh. I don't want kids. I'm terrified to fall in love again in case it doesn't work out. Heartbreak sucks. Ugh. I was once a criminal. <laughs> That's a really good one. Aren't you always a criminal once I you're a know. criminal? I chew off my toenails. Ew. <laughs> God. <laughs> Oh. oh, this is yours. I am fantasizing about fucking one of my fellow audience members. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, old friend. Some of these are really raw and personal. Yeah, and they're just left there. You know, there's a place where they could put them and they're there. You know, and I think that's what a secret does. It's like sometimes you have to get something out of you. Yeah. And you need somewhere to deposit it. And you need to know it's safe. Yeah. You know, where you can bury it. And sometimes it's burying it into somebody else's body in a way. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Till next time. Okay. Bye. <laughs>